Hi, welcome to another episode of Beerfest. This week we've got a really interesting chat for you. Um, I'm talking with Octo Microbrewery from Cyprus. They're a small microbrewery, but what they're doing over a multi-year project is to try and recreate a local Bronze Age beer for the modern world. Um, it sounds a bit unusual, sounds a bit odd, but um, what happened is that archaeological excavations in, in Cyprus have discovered what looked like, you know, um, a brewery, um, malting kill, the whole thing. Um, and so Octo heard about this. They went, they talked to the archaeologists and what they're doing now is trying to recreate that beer based on the current archaeological knowledge. But to do it, obviously, for modern world, because they want to sell this, obviously. They don't want to make something that, you know, <laughs> might have been acceptable 4,000 years ago, but wouldn't be acceptable today. So this is obviously a multi-year project, and they, they've started off. The first beers are actually going on sale in Cyprus um, around now in a couple of select pubs, select locations, where um, it, it's just basically testing it out. As they, they tell us, you know, they explain where they're at on this and... It's basically about developing the taste and then the next stage is to try and you know bring it a bit closer to what it was with the production methods and somewhere get a balance between what what people did then and what what it works now so um very fascinating project obviously it, it's a you know for a small microbrewery it, it's kind of a big project to be undertaking as well but um it's fascinating so what we did was talk to Tanya and Taris from Octo. Um, I do have to apologize for the first two minutes or so here. I had mic problems, so it kind of cuts in and out. It's a, it's a bit staticky, but it does clear up. So I hope you'll bear with me for that. It's just my mic, um, so you don't have to listen to it for too long. But there there are just you know a few seconds where it went where it went funny. Um, but hopefully you'll find that the overall chat is well worth you know, well worth putting up with that. So um, anyway, I'll bring you over to Tanya and Harris and let's talk beer. Okay, welcome to anybody who's going to be watching this. Um, we have... Really, two really interesting guests about a really interesting topic this excited about. Um, so, Octo Microbrewery are in Cyprus. They're one of a handful of microbreweries or breweries in Cyprus. Um, and we have Harris and Tatiana from, from them to join us. Talk about a new beer we're bringing out, which is a recreation of a Bronze Age beer based on archaeological findings in Cyprus itself. So it's a very uniquely Cypriot beer, but it's also uniquely historical. So um, so it's an exciting, very exciting project. And before we, we start talking about the beer and that, maybe, Taris, maybe you can just give us a little history of the brewery, how long you've been in business, and, and Cypriot beer scene just so we have a foundation. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Brian, that you invite us uh, to your project and let us explain uh, and let us talk about this interesting uh, Bronze Age beer. Yeah, we are brewery in Cyprus. Uh, the brewery exists from 2012. We buy this brewery three years ago. It was closed for a few years and then we restarted. We start to make standard or let's say classical kind of uh, beer, lager, Weiss, IPA, dark lager. And also our 
main idea to find some kind of beer which we which represents Cyprus in a worldwide area. For example, it's a third year when we brew grape ale with a local kind of uh, grape juice, Xenisteri. We win uh, this year a golden medal in International Craft Beer Awards and we win also awards uh, grape ale of the year 2020. And follow this, we make uh, some experiment. We make beer with a paputsosik, it's a cactus fruit. We uh, make this experiment with a fix uh, according to the old uh, recipe which we discussed with archaeologists uh, they find in Cyprus. So our idea to find something which will be different, which can present Cyprus like a modern and interesting beer country for tourists and for local people. And Tanya, our brewmaster for today, with a big experience, she tell about this a little okay. bit also. Okay, so we, we've got over that one. Where were we? Oh yeah. So you're doing a very sippy beer and obviously Cyprus has a long, long, long history of civilization and um, settlement and that. So somewhere along the way in some of the archaeological ex excavations there, someone discovered this really old brewery. Um, now, I know you're not an archaeologist. I'm not an archaeologist. So what I thought I might do is we start and explain. I will take that little piece of video you sent and we'll use that I'll, if I'll just play that now and um, let the archaeologists talk and then we can come back and talk about it a bit more. So yeah. I'll play this here. I'm Dr. Lindy Crew. I'm the director of the Cyprus American Archaeological Research Institute, and we're standing here at my excavations, Oskisongaskalia, near Paphos. But most interesting for your point of view is this courtyard here, where we have interpreted a structure as a malting kiln used in the production of beer. And when we were excavating, we came down upon a whole lot of collapse of pieces of mud plaster, and we excavated down and we found some of them 75 centimeters long and they had curvature. So we were able to reconstruct that it must have had a domed roof. And when we excavated the collapse away, we came down upon a structure that was built with a very nice smooth floor. And at the mouth of the structure, a great big pithos, a storage jar that was embedded in the ground. And in the base of the pithos, we found lots of charcoal. So this works like a firebox. It works so the fire is contained away from the dome structure, but hot air can circulate through the structure perfectly. And we know these have been found in the Near East, in other parts of the world, such as Scotland. So it's a, a common type of heating. Uh, after excavating the what we believe to be the molten kiln, we decided to do some experiments to try and reconstruct them. And then we actually built we didn't make bricks, but we just built coils of earth. Once we'd got to a nice height, we then started to create a domed roof to this, where we found evidence for burning and fire. And we believe that the fire was set inside this pithos. The hot air would rise up into the top of the dome and then circulate around inside the dome. Uh, but the, the floor level is actually perfect for malting barley. And what we also found within the deposits, we found a few barley grains, we found some fig seeds, we found flat stones and partial pots that had been used to heat or dry something. So we think this whole courtyard was basically designed for the purpose of all the steps of beer production. Okay, so that I, I think explains exactly what they found. So this, Taris, you're, this is a 3,800 year old site? Yes, Lindy tell us that it's, exact, it's approximately the age of uh, this brewery. 
uh, and uh, we started to discover history and we find uh, older in Mesopotamia or in Egypt, but in this around Bronze Age. So Cyprus was one of the first countries who started to produce beer in the world. Okay, so it's um, yeah, so it's a long, it, it's a it's a long history you have to live up to. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> so it's so yeah. So I mean, I know archaeology. The little I know of it, I mean, a lot of things are open to interpretation, and people may dispute, but it's all you know, putting all the little circumstantial bits together to see what the most likely outcome is, and they seem pretty sure that this was a was used for making beer um, yeah. and they've reconstructed it and how did you is this well known in Cyprus how did you get in touch with the, the archaeologists or did they get in touch with you or uh, we decided to make a small museum in brewery because we are in touristic area so we want to tell people about Cyprus beer history and we find this article and it was very interesting we contact with the archaeologist and they are very open to share all information what they want, what they have. And it, it was a very interesting conversation with a young Hill who makes this experiment because they try to understand why so much seeds of figs they find in excavation. When they find seeds of barley, okay, it's understandable. But uh, seeds of figs, and they thinking a lot, and they make this experiment. They first to be honest, make experiment when they put figs in the work okay. to see how it fermented, how it's held. And as uh, Jan Hill tell me that only one batch uh, with the figs inside was drinkable. He okay. don't tell about uh, enjoy the taste. <laughs> it was drinkable. <laughs> and he, he gave us this inspiration to continue uh, this experiment to see how it's going uh, how it's possible and uh, to fine-tune it until the modern uh, culture of uh, beer production. Okay, so, that, so that's the stage. So they'd already been excavating for a long time and then you just contacted them to see, ju just out of interest, at that stage, were you thinking maybe there is a beer we can produce or was it just, hey, I'm interested and I, or, or was it already in your mind that you maybe would, would try and develop the beer? Yes, we want to be different. This is uh, our way. We have, as I told before, standard uh, beer menu, but we want to make more than just a brewery. So we uh, joined this uh, signed way, and we want to also put our part of our energy to discover it more deep. And Tanya uh, proposed recipe based on this quite simple uh, story what what they find and we make an our first batch and okay so let, let, so then let's talk about the beer itself so so let, let me see how to do this i mean like you said like like you kind of implied there there's medieval bronze age beer was probably not uh, modern tastes it probably is not what you would sell very well and this obviously has to be a commercial beer so tanya you had to adapt that to something that would actually be be drinkable and sellable how did you go about even thinking of that inspired of this uh, ancient beverage and uh, thinking how to do it uh, but um, more for more than way because it must be uh, drinkable uh, more for understanding for uh, local people so 
uh, I take uh, base, it was uh, barley, uh, barley, peels and uh, uh, caramel. And after we put uh, local herbs and figs. Figs give us aroma and honey taste. And local herbs uh, like um, mountain tea or cedarit, it give us uh, a little bit bitterness, refreshing and very good uh, aroma. And cardamom. And what, what's the process? I mean, from what they, they mentioned there, that the old, like in Bronze Age times, it seems the figs were used to be part of the fermentation, is it? Is that still what you're doing now? Are you using, like, they, they would not have, presumably, they would have had just spontaneous wild yeast and the figs kind of, of started the, the fermentation. But uh, now... For this batch, we use uh, normal yeast and we put okay. figs for bowling, more for taste and aroma. And But uh, we're planning to do next with uh, fresh uh, figs for fermentation. So for wild yeast, and now we're preparing a new recipe for it and maybe we will change some herbs because uh, siderite it's uh, uh, it have um, antioxidant uh, properties so it would be not very good for wildies okay yeah. so 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 this is a project that this is an ongoing project it's not like let me think how to phrase this so you started with the archaeologists came up with an idea of how they think the beer was was produced and that has figs and really at this stage it's figs and the taste trying to adapt the taste is what you're doing and then the next stage you want to try and bring it back more and and, and just keep experimenting to bring it closer to the original beer is that right yes you're right uh, we have this idea just to touch how the uh, figs and beer and herbs feel together okay we also have meeting with the uh, herbs museum in uh, Cyprus. Uh, the Cyprus have first in the world uh, uh, pharmaceutical uh, factory. It was 5,000 years ago. So they make extract, they make uh, perfumes, it's not pharmaceutical, sorry, perfumes uh, factory. And uh, we understand that in this time, people was uh, very familiar with the herbs and with the perfumes. So we understand they, of course, they don't know about uh, hops, but for sure, they use a lot of herbs. So we find, uh, we make experiment maybe with uh, 10 different herbs from uh, the mountain. Also, you very good know the uh, Marcus, Marcus Forks from yeah. Lachstein. He was, because we make with him this collaboration with the Grey Pale. And when he was in Cyprus, we made this test, uh, which herbs good for beer. And we find this mountain tea, Mountain tea, it's uh, herbs which don't give bitterness or bad uh, flavor. It's very smoothy and easy drinking. Okay. So so, so let me take a step back again because I'm getting my head is kind of just throwing information at it. <laughs> so you, you've got this beer, you're launching it. Is it this week you're launching it or has it been out for a while? Uh, sorry? Is the beer being released? This week or next week, or has it been available for some time? Oh, Brian, this is an amazing question. We don't <laughs> release it yet, but from 10 kegs, six, it's gone. Okay. What? You <laughs> drank it? Uh, the friends who come to brewery and we give to everybody to try, and they drink, drink, and they come, come with the friends, and they want to try it before we release. Okay. So it's a, it's a craft beer world. world. 
before we released, we drink more than half. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. It doesn't sound like a good business plan now. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but um, so you're you're bringing it out, and you, it is a very it's a one-off batch of beer that you've made for them, and then you're going to go back and kind of experiment, like you said, with maybe um, the wild yeasts and moving it closer to the figs being in the fermentation, and that'll be the next batch. And you experiment like that, is it? Yes, exactly. Okay. exactly. And is the idea that once you kind of get the process and the recipe down, and once you get it, then, then it becomes one of your core beers that you'll always be producing, or will it be a special? Usually we start from uh, experiment, and we see how people like it, don't like it, because our brew house, it's uh, two tones. Our experimental batch, it's uh, 300, 200, yeah. So we, for example, when we make experiment with the Paputsosico beer, with the cactus fruit, uh, it's uh, disappeared. Uh, uh, people like it very much. But of course, to make big batch, we have to be sure that the market uh, take it. So we're working about penetration, about our sales. Uh, so it's. A... But yes, we will make small experiment with the wild yeast as well, with the wild figs because they have yeast on skin. This for yeast mm-hmm. for wild uh, new harvest of figs, uh-huh, maybe okay. uh, two months. And, uh, and after, maybe we could uh, repeat our um, this recipe, what's more modern and more drinkable for more understandable. Okay, so yeah, so so the original one way back in the Bronze Age, let me just, I, I'm sorry, I'm jumping around a bit, but I think these ideas are coming. So that one was, they malted the barley, they made the wort, and then they just, you think they just threw figs into the wort and waited for it to that the yeast that was on the fig skin was the fermentation. I think they put it and put on uh, air just for cooling because they don't have some uh, cooling technology for wort. So it would be uh, so we can take uh, wild yeast from air and from figs, almost from figs a lot. And um, uh, for new batch, uh, we can try to use um, herbs, now I use it for, um, I put it after boiling to like a beer pool, yes. And um, so it would, uh, it was uh, around 80 degrees. But yeah. next uh, we can put fresh uh, herbs. Also, it would be with some uh, wild uh, yeast or microbiology other. And it, it could uh, also help us to um, start fermentation. Okay. And that, that, that should be... I suppose you, yeah, you have no clue what's going to come out until you actually do that because you don't know what the yeast in the air or on the skin will produce. Yeah. Is that what the archaeologists did when they tried their test batch? It was archaeologists. Archaeologists don't add the culture yeast. They okay. add the only figs, and they make uh, some uh, uh, work without figs. Work with. Okay. And only with figs was drinkable. Okay. That's that's what we take from uh, them, from uh, uh, Lindy Crew and Jan Hill. Uh, they also they are crazy people. They want to discover everything. When they explain me that seed, they of course they don't find the seeds uh, in uh, four thousand years. It's a nothing. It's organic. Yeah. They find piece of charcoal, piece of uh, small piece of charcoal which. Uh, the with the microscope. Microscope. Uh-huh. With the microscope, they 
identified like uh, seeds of uh, figs and seeds of barley. That's okay. the process how they discover it. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I have the patience to be an archaeologist, but I see what the <laughs> takes. So, are, are you still working with them on this? Are they involved in trying to help you bring this back, or are you going to just kind of present it to them once a year or something? Or uh, we uh, discuss with them the illustration which we plan to present uh, with okay. the beer, how people can brew it in the Bronze Age. So we're working also with the artist, and you can show this. Yep. Present this uh, picture later to uh, to to see how we how, how what kind of pot they use, what kind of dress, what kind of uh, glasses, it's ceramic, how they make uh, malt in uh, this oven, how okay. they drink together, about the consistency of uh, beer. We are not sure because. We know in Egypt they use it like uh, alcohol porridge. They not filter it, and it was food, drink, and uh, happiness at the same time, three okay. in one. Uh, and I, yeah, I suppose like because there is no written record on this, you also don't know how strong it was, or like th there will always be just assumptions. And yeah, and so you have to adapt that, even if you even if you go back to making it purely you know spontaneous with the yeast of the I think you're going to have to make it palatable to to modern tastes yeah. so it'll never it'll never be exactly what they drank back then they might not even really have liked it back then themselves but uh, yeah, yeah. So but it was, good. Sure it was uh, barley it was fixed and it was alcohol uh, it's we know for sure so all other details it's a uh, part of our uh, art uh, yeah. brewing, Tanya art brewing. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I take it you you're not you didn't actually build uh, the the archaeologically exact um, kiln there or anything like that. You you're using standard malts at the moment. Are you? Uh, Tanya tried to find the oldest, the the most simple uh, malt. Okay. Yeah, not very simple. Uh, but we understand that it must be malt, not uh, barley. Not only. So um, it's better to use some um, ancient types or what we have now without some modern add-ins or spices or like that. Okay. Um, and where did you, is this uh, malt from Cyprus? Is it some sort of, is, is it just a standard, like I said, it's simple, but it's not a heritage type of grain that, that you haven't gone out to find some very rare grain or anything like that. Now we use Greek uh, malt. Okay, it's a, the most close to Cyprus because Cyprus yeah. don't produce uh, their malt, so we find it in uh, Greece. Okay, okay. Maybe, maybe we should just, um, if I can. Hopefully, we won't be cut off. But this um, picture you've done to, as part of your um, promotion, I guess, for this. Maybe I'll see if I can pull this up and you can talk us through it let's, a little bit. Let's um, try. Let's try it. Last time we tried this, our sound went so okay. So yeah, you see it. Yeah, you. <laughs> okay, so you you had this. Um, you commissioned this as part of the 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 whole background producing this beer, which yes. is a, kind of a first step on a multi multi year yeah. project. Um, yeah, and you've got. Uh, I suppose I should also say that as part of, like you mentioned, as part of the brewery, you've got. You're trying to make it a tourist destination too, like with the 
museum and to be accurate so you've got the if anybody's interested you've got the the whole history of this up around the walls in the museum there as well so this was commissioned as part of that yeah so um, yeah so it, you can see on the background how the woman uh, put uh, uh, fix in a beer because in the past we know that the woman brew more yeah and uh, on the left so, side see... sorry one second so that at the back the ones putting the figures in that is the wart that they have just made and that is now going to yeah. spontaneously um, yeah turn into alcohol yeah 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 okay. uh from left side you see this uh oven uh dome uh how they make a mount they put in the uh, dome in the ground the water yeah. and uh, put fire inside the potter to don't burn the mouth they just make it dry and that's what the archaeologists uh, find how they do this okay and so, uh, uh, on the high left corner you see the father and son son has this uh, herbs in the hand okay uh, that's how mounting tea looks like and of course in the foreground uh, it's a happy people uh, enjoy nothing change okay so it's the whole like yes nothing change so that's the whole cycle basically um i don't know why we're flipping up and out there on the, the screen but anyway um yes yeah, so so yeah that, that that is representing the whole cycle of the thing and this is obviously just it, it's imagination but it's what the archaeologists themselves think is pretty representative of the site they found. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a courtyard. There would have been a number of houses around. That's the dome they found. And then, yeah, yeah. based on what they found in the courtyard with the figs and that, they yeah. found, that's how they did the wart. And then obviously the, the celebration. Archaeologists, yeah. Archaeologists uh, help us to find the right color of uh, pottery, the right shape. Uh, we also see the museum in Nicosia, uh, the shape of pottery. Some of them have some small sculpture. It's very interesting on Cyprus. So we will uh, working with the details also. All jewelry of women, it's bronze uh, in the bronze uh, metal. Yeah. So also we follow. The okay. So yeah, no, it's it's interesting to see it put into context now. Of you know, it's one thing where, when you see the video of them and how they they made it but it's one it's another thing to see it put into the context um yeah i'll just cut that off there and bring us back so so yeah so i mean it, it's a very interesting project i don't know of anyone else who's trying to trying to do something like this um is there much support in or do you how's it being received in cyprus do many people have you apart from the people who keep coming and taking your beer without paying you before you release it how how's everyone else accepting of it or do they think how many people know of what you're uh, not too much yet because uh, cyprus maybe it's the last uh, country in europe who just start craft brewery movement okay uh, for today cyprus have uh, maybe five or six microbrewery some of them very small uh, two of them our size we and uh, humor with uh, two tones brew house other less than 300 uh, 500 like this mm -hmm. but we feel this potential and we feel that uh, it will be boom soon because in greece uh, which a little bit forward from cyprus in the last uh, five years it was uh, 1000 microbreweries uh, okay. 
each each small island have his uh, small microbrewery not one okay. small, 100 100 not too much <laughs> 100 <laughs> Zero. Uh, so yeah. we will we will expect the same. Time. And do you think do you think then that Cyprus obviously it's there's the local people and there's the tourists. Are you at the moment driven mainly by tourists looking for beers, or is it or is it more that you have an annual local local market, which is a bigger? If you if you want a few words about uh, Cyprus with the sales and with the uh, market share. Uh, the main idea is that uh, we have uh, our uh, customer, it's a tourist and young people. They're okay. looking for good quality beer, they're looking for craft and they're ready to pay. But owner of bars, usually it's old people and okay. they don't understand the value of uh, craft. So it's more expensive and they stuck with this. Okay. Why I have to take more expensive beer? Because if because now I am okay with a simple beer, and uh, that's a problem. When the young guy open a bar, they take craft and they have the success. Okay. Uh, and uh, that's our good friends, and they help us to promote, and we help to each other. So we are looking uh, new places, and we are coming without any problem. But okay, and that, yeah, that makes sense because I I remember hearing from other people that one of the big things that got bars taking their beers was tourists. Tourists come in and ask, "What's the local beer?" And if, yeah. because when you travel, you want to try something from there. You yeah. don't want the same stuff you get at home. Yeah. So so and then that drives the bars to take it, and then maybe the locals will try it then as well. So it it's weird that tourism drives the local industry that. The local indigenous thing and obviously this is something that just like your grape ale like it, it's something that you will not be able to get anywhere else because you are only selling this on tap at the moment is it yes uh, we have only in the barrels when we make big batch we will have in the bottles also but you remember i show you our uh, barrel system uh, how yeah. we sell it from the fridge so yeah. we have in the fridge and we have this tap on the wall uh, to have possibility uh, to sell always uh, always yeah. cold and good storage beer because in Cyprus in July it's 40 degrees in shadow so can you imagine <laughs> so no it's a fascinating project I'm wondering what to have yeah, so because I, I have some questions down here because I wasn't sure where you were in the whole process and the stuff about the brewing time, like how long it takes to brew this. Um, but because at the moment it's maybe, I was going to say stage one, but if you take the archaeologists, then that's stage one. You're kind of stage two at the moment because you're just basically making a beer that uses the same ingredients. But stage three is then going to be trying to ferment it with the, with the wild yeast. Is there a stage four? Are you, or do you, do you think stage three will take a long, a number of iterations? Uh, you know, step four can be uh, produce this wild yeast uh, more commercial. Like uh, we have a lot of example in the world when they find something unique yeast and it's open yep. new kind of beer. So we can dream about uh, a lot of things and we are believe that this process will find some uh, interesting way 
and be evaluated and be respected from the tourists and from local people. And how close do you think you will end up with the, or can anybody say how close it will be to the original beer or will it, based on what they've, based on what the archaeologists have said, will it always need some other flavoring to get, to make it palatable? You know, when we ask, I will, I will answer you, answer you in a different way. When we ask archaeologists about fashion of the people in the Bronze Age or about haircut, they say Taras. If we can prove it, we can answer. But we don't have any idea about his clothing and about his uh, haircut. Okay. haircut. So again, we can't prove any way how it was in Bronze Age. So we follow the simple things which we for sure know. And it's helped us to continue to find something modern and something interesting for modern uh, beer world. Yeah. And I mean, it is the same as a lot of the, the farmhouse beers you see from, say, Norway, you know, yeah. that, that they are kind of living archaeologies in many ways. And like yeah. you said, the yeasts are, are maintained um, or... I suppose you could say lambics from from Belgium are the same. Like they're it's the the same yeasts, the same, or at least we assume the same yeasts. Obviously, climate has changed as well, yeah. so yeasts will have shifted. Um, so it's going to be the same thing. You can never everything has to change. No, you're not going to go back and make a museum beer because that 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 existed exactly as it was because fashions changed. Nothing stands still. But yeah. it's it's interesting to that you're trying to take it a step at a time and try and bring it back as close as you can to the process um, and then and then probably freeze it a bit and then do little small tests after that to, to make it. But nobody would buy probably perfectly accurate beer. But people very interesting. The, yeah. What we are happy is that and local and uh, tourists, they are catch idea to try something unique and local. And we feel this support. Right. And uh, for us, also interesting that uh, the Cypriots, they are not very deep with the beer history. Cyprus, it's a wine country. Yeah. Very famous with the wine, uh, good climate and the good varieties of wine. And they have this sanitary and a lot of, they start to renovate all the varieties of uh, grape to, again, restart old recipe. We, we, and we, with uh, our beer, we are part of this movement to renovate something unique uh, from the area. Right. So yeah, I mean it sounds like yeah, you're you're you don't see yourself as just a purely commercial thing. You are part of like I said, you will with a long history you have a lot of things to, to stand up to. But yeah. yeah, it's being part of the culture, being part of yeah, just part of the society of where you are is, is important. And that's very fascinating. Um Will this ever, do you think, be available outside Cyprus? Or will people always have to come to you to, to get it? Huh. Our grey pale, we export to Germany already. And we discussed with the with USA. Uh, so first, you have to try. <laughs> uh, I would like to send you some bottles when we have uh, beer for bottling. And you, tell me, and, and you tell me, would you like to have it uh, in your uh, shop close to your house? Okay. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, first, I'd love to get some and try. Unfortunately, I cannot be there and take some of your other four barrels that you have left. But uh, So so just to bring it off, maybe we'll just finish up here. Um, 
so your first batch is ready. You're hopefully, if nobody else comes in over the weekend, you'll actually sell some next week. Yes. <laughs> and when are you when are you planning the next batch? Uh, next year. Okay. Uh, but uh, the big batch, the small experiment. I think we will uh, do when we have a fresh harvest of. Okay, and when is that? What time? Are you... uh, we have to check the farmers. I'm okay. a brewer. But uh, the fixed tree we have opposite of our brewery. It's uh, 20 meters. Okay. <laughs> so you can but, take but the... now it's uh, the winter in Cyprus. It's like summer in Europe. So okay. everything is growing. Everything is green. Summer, everything is dry. Okay. So, yeah. So you should have figs fairly soon. And you're, yeah. will, you're ready to do your first batch and try it. Yeah. And then so to... with the wild... And if it works, then this time next year you could have your first big batch of wild figgy, yeah. wild fig beer. It's yeah. something exciting, something really exciting to look forward to. And I'm going to hold you to, to sending me a bottle once it's in bottles. For sure. <laughs> All right, listen, guys, um, I'm sure I've forgotten about 90,000 things I should have asked you. Is there anything I you can think of that I, I forgot? Uh, no, I think you, the conversation was very interesting and uh, all your question was uh, in the poem. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. I was trying to come up because it's such a big topic and it's such a bit... I, I, and like I said, not being an archaeologist, I only have the vague ideas of what to ask. So hopefully I, hopefully I didn't... Um, I don't see anyone else here asking questions. So hopefully um, I didn't do too bad. Uh, people have a good idea. I think that, I think that um, diagram picture was help to explain it a lot and uh, the video as well so um yeah it's exciting stuff um best of luck with it um and hopefully yeah you'll have to tell us how those four are, are those four barrels you, you know where they're going or do you still have to find a bar to put them in uh, sorry what you uh, what do you mean uh, about bar? the four barrels that are left are they oh. already sold uh one will go to nicosia one will go to Paphos and one to Limassol because we have in each uh, city bar who support uh, with the draft with our okay. fridge. So also it's uh, part of our marketing strategy to attract people to this place with this limited edition uh, batches. Okay. And now we're preparing the Christmas uh, beer. What is it? Dark stout? Sweet uh, stout with uh, okay. vanilla, cinnamon, and uh, carob syrup. It's a local uh, Local beans. tree. Local it's tree. a carob tree, which makes like a honey carob so, syrup. So even, I mean, apart from the, the first beers you produced, like the IPA and the, the Vice, nearly everything you're doing, even if it's a, a classical style now, you're bringing in something from Cyprus, something yeah. that is uniquely cyprus yeah exactly right good to see that's good to see i'm going to have to get to cyprus someday to, to pay a visit but uh unfortunately i don't know when that will be but uh someday now you have the anchor place you know where to stay <laughs> i'll just come and live in your brewery <laughs> <laughs> sure welcome. all right listen guys um it's good chat and very interesting i'm really looking forward to seeing like i said this is exciting enough but it's really once you kick into the this wild yeast one, I think it's going to be really, really interesting. Maybe, yeah. maybe you come back and talk about it once you have that one available. And um, yeah, for sure, the differences and you know, and your experience. Had sorry, Tatjan, do you have much experience with brewing with wild yeast, or would that be a whole new concept adventure for you? Uh, with wild yeast, only half a year, not a lot, okay. but uh, with uh, normal <laughs> eight yeah. years. Okay, no, I'm just wondering about the wild. 
so it's it's a big adventure as well for everyone. Yes, because it's so much difference with wild yeast, and even uh, we think maybe we can do different batches because uh, we can take uh, a few different harvests of figs from different okay. area and check what would be best, what fermented best, uh, what would be uh, the best um, temperature. Yeah. Mm. What uh, say, say Connection. What would be the best with herbs? Okay, sorry, I will <laughs> make this. <laughs> so yeah, a lot, of, lot of ex, lot of experimentation to go ahead. Um, yeah, that's that's what makes it interesting. That's what makes brewing and beer interesting, I guess. Um, all right, listen, I will let you go this time. I said it about four times already, but then <laughs> I remember something else. So thanks a million. Um, I'm going to just play out the video again, just to um, to, just to close it all off and say thanks a million and. Um, Hopefully, yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to finding out about it and where it goes, and hopefully everyone else will too. All right, listen, thanks a million. Um, Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody.